Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Hello, Dr. Bloemfontein. My name is Abel, and I'm so privileged to be spending time with you today. Uh, today, we are ending off our sermon series called Awaken to Life, and we are discussing this very, very simple, uh, yet uh, you know, often asked question in church circles specifically, and it's this question, what is God's will for my life? Have you ever asked the question, what is God's purpose for me in this life? Well, if you have, then you are going to enjoy today. In this sermon series, there were two main concepts that we were looking uh, at. And uh, even in today's sermon, when we discussed this big question of what is God's will in my life, these two concepts still remain so important. The first one is this. Romans 8 verse 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, the truth of the gospel is actually captured in that verse. It starts off by saying, if God is for us. You see, friend, you need to understand that God is for you. This is so important because when it comes to anything, the, the different topics that we spoke about, uh, your intimacy with God and even the way that you respond after failure, um, and even today when we speak about your calling, uh, all of that, it's so important to remember that God is for you. You see, the gospel actually teaches us that God wants something for you. He doesn't want something from you. The way that you get saved, it's not because God wants something from you. God actually wants something for you. That is why something like repentance. Repentance is a gift for you because God wants you to live without guilt and shame and to, to live a life that is free. But what if it's still the same principle when it comes to your calling? You see, uh, for me, I think for many years, the way that I understood this is that um, that yes, in, when it comes to my salvation, that yes, God wants something for me, not something from me. And uh, even later on, when it comes to my sanctification, at first I thought it's something that God wants from me. But later I started understanding that even when it comes to, to the life that I'm living, my, my becoming more and more like Him, it's actually something that God wants for me. It's, it's better for me to live a life that is aligned with who He is, with His character and His nature. And, but it used to be until recently, uh, I also still believe when it comes to my calling, that is the part where God wants something from us. That, that's where the little bit of expectation comes. So yes, He, he wants something for you in, in salvation, maybe even in sanctification. That, that's His grace that's working. But when it comes to our calling or your purpose in life, I think for many of us, we see that as sort of the, the favor that we have to return to God. Uh, you know, as a way of saying thank you, we have to live out this, this calling or this purpose and do these wonderful things for Him because He has saved us. But what if, even in your calling, even in the work that God wants you to do in this life, what if even then God still wants something for you? What if your calling or your purpose in life is something that's primarily for you and not only for Him? You see, He wants to include you into something that will be so much better, such a rich life that is actually for you also. The second concept, and it's related to this first concept, is this infographic that we've shown you. And I want to maybe show that to you again. Now, there's two ways to live this life. The one is to be part of this, this cycle of performance where you are driven by expectation. 
And, and that's, you know, the way that we live in this life. There's so many people that's got expectation on us. But we take that into our walk with God. And we think that God's posture toward us is that He primarily has an expectation on you. And as soon as there's someone that has an expectation on you, it puts you into the paradigm of performance, into a cycle of performance where you have to work in order to impress. And... Um, what God actually wants for us and uh, what the gospel teaches us is that we are called to live a life that is captured in the Father's heart, which means we are drawn by grace. We are not driven by expectation. We are drawn by grace. Now, again, for many of us, we understand and accept this when it comes to our salvation. But sometimes when it comes to our calling, we still think along the lines of performance. We still think there's this expectation on... What if you truly believe that even in your calling, in, in the things that God is calling you to do in this life, your purpose in this life, what if you truly believe that even there, God doesn't have an expectation on you, that you don't have to perform, that the pressure is off, that God just wants something for you and He's calling you, He's drawing you into the life that He actually made you for and designed you for. Friend, that sounds like good news for me. Even when it comes to our calling, it still has to be the gospel principles, the fact that we are drawn by grace that has to apply even in that. Now, if what I'm saying is, just sounds very confusing, just stick with me. I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will work and that He will release some pressure in your life, that you'll discover that walking into, in, in the will of God and, and the purpose that God has for your life is not something difficult. It's not something that you have to be extremely smart or extremely good to be able to, to figure it out. Um, that maybe it's a little bit easier uh, than what we've taught, uh, been taught uh, for, for so many years. So first thing I want to maybe talk to you about this, this idea of, of what is God's calling for my life um, is this, is that, that our purpose or our calling actually flows from our identity. In as much as God has called us to be givers, you know, that we are called to, to give love and uh, give of our time and our treasures and our resources and everything and our talents uh, to those around us. And He's called you to, you know, to give toward you know, others around you. And as much as that is true, it is only receivers that can become givers. If you are not at a, in a posture of receiving from God first, you won't have anything to give. Now, the point I want to get to is that when it comes to our calling or our you know, purpose or the, the mission that God has for you in your life, it's not so much about what He wants you to do. It's actually more about who He wants you to become. You see, your will or the, the will of God in your life or the calling of God in your life is actually more about who you are becoming than what it is about what you are doing for Him. Now, um, maybe a good way to, to explain this is that there's the scripture in Matthew chapter 19 where Jesus says that, or oh, let me quickly, uh, I did mark it here, I'm going to read it for you. Um, from Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on this earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, there's this, this beautiful picture of this, the keys of the kingdom of God. 
And uh, maybe you've asked that question, well, what, is, what, what are the keys to the kingdom of God? I've often wondered, you know, how will I get access to the keys of the kingdom of God? How do I unlock the kingdom of God in my world? Uh, maybe you've driven around in your city and you've asked this question, how are we going to unlock the kingdom of God in this area of my city that, that is in need? Or how do I unlock the kingdom of God in my marriage? or in my business, wherever you find yourself, wherever you work. Now, I think it's very important for us to understand is that the way that God unlocks the kingdom of God in our world is through people. He unlocks it by unlocking it in us. He unlocks it by unlocking your own heart, and then we just release the kingdom in the world that is around us. You see, I, I firmly believe that, you know, if you fully want to walk into your calling, you just need to allow God to work in your life. You need to be on the receiving end first. It's only once you receive that you are in a position where you can start giving. We saw this in the story of Peter. It's only once he allowed Jesus to wash his feet. And when they were, you know, after he denied him, when he allowed Jesus to show him grace, only then Peter was ready to be able to go and preach this message of grace to other people. Um, we see it even in the prophets also. They are first on the receiving end and then only they start giving. Uh, let me quickly uh, read another passage and then I'll come back to the, the keys of the kingdom in a moment. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, Paul writes this very interesting verse. He says, but the grace of God, or but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. So he's saying the grace of God, it's because of the grace of God that I am who I am. And his grace in my life was not without effect. It changed me. It changed who I am. God's will in my life was to change me by his grace. Now, or then he goes on and says, No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And so Paul is writing about the work that he has done, that he has worked so hard. More, you know, he worked harder than, than some people around him. But he was speaking about the fact that the grace of God has changed him. A point I want to quickly get to here is that if grace is who you are, because God has changed you and you are so filled with, with the grace of God, it will be easy for you to start transmitting grace. If grace is who you are, then you will transmit grace. In the same way, if, uh, if, if you've received the kindness of God, you've experienced that, it will become easy for you to start uh, uh, transmitting that in the world around you. And so the point I want to get back to when it comes to the keys of the kingdom is that the keys of the kingdom is not something, it's not a special prayer or a magic formula that you exercise and then you unlock the kingdom of God in your world as if it's somewhere out there in the heavens that if you say the right prayer, then all of a sudden, you know, the kingdom of God will be released. The keys of the kingdom is actually something you, to, you, you turn toward yourself. And you unlock it inside of yourself. You know, it fits in you. You just release the kingdom of God in your life. You allow God to do his work in your life. And you just allow that to flow out of you. You release the kingdom. Whatever God has done in your life, just allow that, that effect to become, or to, to get transmitted uh, toward the world around you. It's really as simple as that. And so in other words, if I want to live in the, the calling that God has for me in my life, the purposes that God has for me in my life, what I need to start with is allowing God to do His work in me. Allow Him to do something for me and in me 
And the more I allow him to do something for me and in me, the more he will start doing through me. We release the kingdom of God by allowing it into our own lives. And then it will start to get released in our world. Maybe a second important thought that I want to share with you uh, on this question of, of what is God's will for my life. is I want to say that, that I believe that, that, that this question is actually the wrong question. If you ask the question, what is God's will in my life? It's actually, you're asking the wrong question. A better question, I've written it down, a better question would rather be to say, what has God already empowered me to do and am I doing it? What has God already done in my life and am I busy releasing that, releasing that kingdom in my life? Maybe the best way for me to quickly explain this is uh, in terms of tenses. As soon as you ask the question, what is God's will in my life? It already puts you behind. Uh, just remember quickly that, that, that infographic, I'll show it to you in a moment again. But it really puts you behind. It really puts you in a paradigm of not yet. If I ask the question, what is God's will in my life? Because that assumes that God's will is somewhere there in the future, but I'm not there yet. What is God's will in my life? I'm still trying to figure it out. It puts you in the paradigm of not yet. It puts you in the paradigm of performance in a, a, a cycle of performance, just like that infographic, it puts you in the, 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 this, this you, you get driven by expectation um, and in this paradigm of performance because I need to figure something out that is waiting for me in the future. So it means I'm at a place of not yetness. There's no word like that. I'm in a place of not yetness, okay? Let's quickly just speak about tenses. I think a better way to phrase this is to rather say, what has God already done in my life? And am I releasing that now? What has he already empowered me to do? So in tenses, in terms of thinking future tense when it comes to the will of God in your life, what if we started thinking past tense and present tense? Past tense and present tense. You see, if you are not, if English wasn't your first language like it was for me, you'll ask anyone and they will say that as soon as the teacher started speaking about tenses, everyone just got tensed up. Right, so, so tenses, it makes me tenses, right? I, I get tense when I hear the phrase tenses. But I think in the gospel, this is also so important when it comes to God's will for your life. Let me put it this way. Um, uh, John Stickle put it in this way. He says, destiny is not about finding tomorrow. It is about walking with God today. Destiny is not about finding tomorrow. It's about walking with God today. Let me just explain it this way, is, is the will that God has for your life. It's not something waiting for you far in the future. If you are in Christ Jesus, God has already completed His will in your life. It is already finished. Jesus on the cross, uh, you know, he, he shouted these words, tetelestai, which means it is finished. God's work and purposes for your life has already been completed. It is in the past because you are now reconciled. You get to call Him Father. And you need to ask the question, what has he already done in my life? And what has he already empowered me to do? And am I releasing it now? Am I doing, uh, allowing what he has done in my life to be released right now? Instead of being in the place of not yetness, you are in a paradigm of it is finished. Um, I've already arrived. Now, maybe just two more thoughts that I want to share on this to, to hammer uh, this point a little bit. Um, Maybe to start with this, is that the destiny is actually 
the destination is not the gift. I think it's so important for us when we speak about the purpose of God or the will of God in your life, is that the destination where we want to get, that is not really the gift, right? Um, if you think about the story of the Israelites um, traveling in the desert, in the wilderness, God gave them the promise. He said that, you know, when Mo he sent Moses to them and he says, tell them that I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Um, I'm the God of their fathers. And he's making this promise that I will be your God. And yes, he does make them the promise of land. But God was more committed to the fact that they will be known as his people than what he was committed to the piece of land that he wanted to give them. So much so that he took them into the wilderness. He didn't take them into the promised land right away. For 40 years, they were, you know, wandering in the desert. And um, there's this one passage in Exodus 13, verse 21 to 22. It says this, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Now, I believe in this time, the reason why God took his people to the wilderness is because they were not his people yet. He wanted to make sure that they follow him, right? So, so, so that they become his people. And once they got that, he could give them their land. God was even later on more committed to them than what he was to their piece of land when he allowed the Babylonians or the, the Persians to actually take them um, into captivity. And the Babylonian exile, um, the 70-year period where they were taken out of their promised land, and God was allowing all of that. Why? Because he's more committed to being their people than what he is just to giving them their piece of land. He's always faithful in all of his promises. But the point I want you to get is that God is the gift. He is your destination. Your calling and your purpose is primarily the person of God. It is following the cloud. It's not something that you will do with your life. Your calling and your destiny is Him. It is to be with Him. It is to recognize what He has done already for you in the person of Jesus. And it is to walk with Him daily and just releasing that kingdom that is already a reality in your life. You see, we need to stop walking toward a destination and embrace the journey that we are on with God right now. And uh, let me put it this way. If God is the destination, it means you have already arrived. You have already arrived. You have already met the calling that God has for you. It is from a place of finish that we get to now work and release the kingdom um, in the world around us. Maybe just another example to explain this. It's uh, like a child that is driving toward the seaside with his parents. And every 15 minutes he asks the question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You can't get, wait to get there. And even though you're on holiday, you can't wait to get there. Because we said that the beach is the destination and it puts you in a place of not yet, right? It puts you behind. But maybe... Another way to look at it is like a child, the way that we should be looking at our calling, is like a child that is already sitting on the beach and he's busy building a sandcastle. I love building sandcastles with my kids, right? It's so much, I think I enjoy it more than what they enjoy it because I get carried away quite a bit. But it's like a child 
that is busy building this sand castle. And he's midway through building his ca castle, halfway through. He's not completed yet. He's not finished with building his castle yet. But if you ask that child, you know, how does he feel about what he's busy doing? I promise you he's enjoying what he's doing because he's already on the beach. Although he's not completed his task that his dad gave him, go build that castle. He's enjoying himself because he's already arrived on the beach. He's on the beach. What if we started understanding that we are already there? We are already in the purposes of God. And the work that he gives us now that we need to live out in this life is actually like building the sand castle. But we're already on the beach with our heavenly father. Maybe one last um, example or maybe not an example, just an, a last principle uh, that I'd like to share with you, is uh, I felt that God uh, really spoke to me uh, quite a bit about this idea that, that the pressure is off. That when it comes to your calling or your purpose in life, there's no pressure from God. There's no expectation from God. It's actually just us releasing the kingdom of God. We are expressing who He made us to be. The best way to, to discover the calling and the purposes that God has for you in your life is to find out who He made you to be and become who He made you to be and just live that out. Now, uh, I love sports and I've shared this with my colleagues, but none of my colleagues enjoy sports so much. So I'm hoping that you'll, you know, this, this example will make sense for you. But in 2015, the Rugby World Cup that was played in England, um, New Zealand was, were playing Australia in the finals and uh, New Zealand was ahead by many points. And then right toward the end, they scored yet another try and they were ahead by 20 points or so. And there was like two minutes left on the clock. And Dan Carter, he's the guy that kicks for them. And he's lining up the, the conversion to kick it uh, after they, they scored the try. And, you know, the game is in the bag, right? Uh, they're waiting for the clock to basically run out. And then the guy that brought him the tee, Liam Messam, one of his fellow players, he, he brought him the tee and he says, Dan, kick it with your wrong foot. And then Dan Carter thought, well, this will be fun. What if I, he's left-footed. What if I kick it with my right foot? Because it will be pretty cool to have scored points in the Rugby World Cup final with both my feet, my left and my right foot, right? And he said, okay, and he put it on the tee and he kicks it with his right foot because it's fun. Now, the point I want to get to is that Dan Carter was able to do that because there was no pressure. The game was already in the bag, right? He could just go and express his talents and have fun. What if it's the same thing with us in terms of our calling? What if we realize the game is already in the bag and that the kingdom of God is not dependent on us, but he takes responsibility for it and he has already taken responsibility for it. And now he has made us part of his family and because we are his children. We get to express ourselves in a bigger way. Let me leave you with three questions that you can ask yourself to find out what is God's will for your life. Understanding that the pressure is off. The game is in the bag. We are already on the beach. We have already arrived. We get to express and enjoy the moment. Instead of being, you know, focusing on the future, what God still needs to do, focus on what God has done and what is He busy doing right now. Allow Him to come and do what He wants to do in you right now and just release that in the world around you. So let me give you three questions. If you are wondering, how do I find out what is my purpose in life? A good place to start is to ask yourself, what am I good at? Whatever you are good at is, might be an indication 
of what God wants you to be spending your time with, giving your energy uh, for. What are you good at? Because you can bring an impact through what you are good at. Secondly, remember there's no pressure. So find out what, what is it that you're good at. Secondly, what do I enjoy doing? What are you passionate about? You know, if you really enjoy something, if you're really passionate about something, it means you are willing to suffer for it. If someone really enjoys, I don't know, a particular hobby, they are willing to suffer for that hobby. Ask yourself the question, what, what has God made me passionate about? What do I enjoy doing? What am I good at? What do I enjoy good, doing? And then lastly, a third question, and this is maybe a little bit of a different question, is this, what really bothers me? Ask yourself the question, what really bothers you? What, what is the thing that you are urgent about? You see, all of us, we, we've got certain things that they, there's an urgency in our hearts for that. If you see that thing, you know, that's wrong in our society, and you've got an urgency where you say, well, someone, someone needs to do something about this. Those are very good indications of maybe where God wants you to go and, and work and, and give of yourself in those areas and go and release the good that He has done in your life in those areas. I want to maybe close off by just reminding you, by always remembering that He is your calling. Remember that God is your destination. And if He's your destination, you've already arrived. There's no more pressure. It's merely just expressing yourself, having fun on the beach, and expressing the things that God has made you good with, and the things that you are urgent about, and that, you, that you want to see you know, change in. It's giving yourself to those things, but not because there's some sort of an expectation from God that if you do those things, then, then maybe He'll you know, love you more or accept you more. It's knowing that you are already your father's daughter or your father's son, and you get to express and, and, and release this kingdom of God that is already a reality in your life, and to see it become a reality in the lives of those around you. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to end off this service. Jesus, I really thank you for just reminding us of, of your good news. The good news is that the pressure has been taken off us. We don't have to perform for you anymore. Um, that you've not only taken responsibility for you know, this whole world and for the kingdom, but you've taken responsibility for our lives. And you've already restored the kingdom of God in my life. And you've restored uh, your purpose and your will uh, in our lives, God. I just want to pray for anyone uh, listening to this, God, that this might be a message of, of liberation. May, may take the pressure off them and then let them step into their calling that you have for them in this life as they express and, and release the kingdom um, and the reality of the kingdom in their lives uh, into the environments around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.